tip today in association with Slattery's of Pecan, your main Peugeot dealer for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Karina Mahogat Pat, uh, welcome along to the final hour of Tip Today. Speak to Doc for free. 1800-938-007. Text and WhatsApp 83 And you can email tiptoday at tipfm.com. Now you're aware, I presume, at this stage that we're looking for Tipperary's greatest sporting moment. And it's up to you to decide what that greatest sporting moment is is and uh, this week we are compiling a list of the final 16 and you can uh, text or whatsapp your suggestion to Tipperary's greatest sporting moment 083 311 this coming Thursday then the 1st of April we will announce the last 16 who will battle it out to become Tipperary's greatest sporting moment and uh, that is uh, brought to you in association with your local credit union and your credit union, loyal and uh, local and of course lending as well which is uh, extremely important nowadays I would imagine. Legal discussion on tip today is brought to you in association with Lynch Solicitors Clan Mel on the web at lynchsolicitors.ie and at divorceinireland.com John Lynch from Lynch Solicitors joining me now. Good morning to you John. Good morning, Fran. Good to talk to you today. Um, bits and bobs again, John, but I think you're going to start off with uh, online shopping because we've all gone yeah. mad uh, online shopping. We surely, we surely are. Yeah. And I wouldn't mind, but the two sides to it really that are of interest to me as, from a legal perspective, if you know what I mean. There's the actual doing the shopping online and then there's the whole new phenomenon of websites online and retailers and how retailers are going to manage these things and fine print and the privacy statements and all that but I won't I won't necessarily deal with that but I mean and the other thing of course is the UK scenario mm-hmm. and dealing with the UK and I suppose there's a couple of obvious and sorry the other one that is number one tip on the consumer website and that is that there's obviously fraud out there when you're dealing with online but now we have new ways of committing crimes in Ireland and other countries but the other the new one now is couriers hmm. and you know the fact that people are being caught with somebody who says they're going to deliver something and they pay etc or they give a location details and that turns out that it's not a legal courier at all or it's not connected with goods the, the the interesting thing, I suppose, about shopping online is that I suppose the starting point is you should always find out where exactly it is that you're buying the goods. So, mm. obviously, if you're buying them in Ireland or within the EU, you're covered by you know a lot of legislation that doesn't cover you if you're buying it elsewhere. And often it can be hard to find out exactly where you are. Um, funny, I was looking at something there, a plug-in to a website. Mm. I was very curious as to who I was dealing with, as in where exactly did it source from. It turned out that that the plug-in, you know what a plug-in mm. is too, yeah. It's like, mm. it's like, not a plug-in, a socket, but mm. it's a bit like an app on your phone, a yes. plug-in for a website or something to add to the website to make it more functional. But it turned out that this plug-in was, was based in Vietnam. Now, you'd have no way of knowing that when you were looking at the blurb that uh, when you're adding it or looking to add it, it looks, you know, we're in such an international, global kind of mm. environment. 
uh, when you're in the internet. So the first thing anyway is to check location, I would say. That's the obvious And how, how did you go about finding that out, John? I sent an email to them and asked them a question. Ah, and when the, okay. when the email came back, I saw where it was from. That right. was, that's how I checked it, because I couldn't find it from all the all, all the documents on the site. Now, under EU law, you're supposed to have sufficient information to identify location. Mm. And, I mean, look, Fran, you know yourself, there's mm. so much out there now in terms of geolocational, you know, plugins and apps that can hide and conceal where you're yeah. dealing with people yeah. and that, you know. And the biggest problem is... You know, when you get it in the door, I mean, the law says in Europe, for example, that you have a cooling off period of 14 days. Mm. So if something comes in the door and you don't know, obviously there are exceptions to that. But as a general rule, you have 14 days which is to notify them, no, I want to return it. Mm. And then you have 14 days after that to actually return it. Um, but <clears throat> obviously you don't have that. Uh, now, when you're dealing with the UK, mm. when you're dealing with the UK, then you have the added complication of VAT mm. and tariffs. So, you know, it really is, I mean, it's quite incredible the amount of them now that when you actually do a search in the past, they'd be telling you that they'd be delivering it within so many days, etc. Now you've been told that they don't deliver to Ireland for all the reasons that, despite the fact that we had such a run into this whole UK leaving the EU, they still didn't get their you know, the details, right, all of which would probably sort of... Yeah, I hear a lot of people trying to get around this, uh, people who deal with Amazon, uh, for example, if they go mm. and deal with Amazon now in Germany or something, yeah, uh, you know, correct. they can get yeah. around these things in some correct. way. But uh, yeah. you're right, so we, you don't, yeah. you'd imagine that all should have been dealt with, knowing what was coming down the tracks, yeah. you know? Yeah, you would, but sure, look, we're, you know, the way we are. Yeah, oh, sure, of course, uh, yeah. What, what's, what's the story if we pay by credit card? Is there a natural insurance on that. A lot so. of credit cards have, yeah. A lot of credit cards have insurance built into them. And it's one of the things that uh, during these lockdown times <laughs> you know, you'd be inclined to check, you know. I mean, there's there's a lot of change in the foot now mm. because of COVID. It seems to have kind of accelerated uh, a lot of changes. I mean, for example, they're introducing in our business now, they're introducing negative interest charges mm. on client funds. So, You've got a situation now where we've got to look at a situation that if I'm holding funds in block for clients and it goes over a certain limit, then there's interest charged on it. And that is, a uh, somebody quite cynically said, it's quite incredible how the banks used to want your money and need your money for central bank requirements. They have to have a certain amount of cash, as you know. And yet now they're looking to charge us for it. So not only are they charging you for, for holding your money, they're also going to charge you for giving your money to other people by way of borrowing. but And these are all fairly significant changes that are kind of afoot. But that's your online shopping. Mm. I had one where I ordered something. You we were talking about Germany. I ordered something from Germany. Mm-hmm. And uh, one week passed, two weeks passed, three weeks passed, four weeks passed, and no sign of it. And I suddenly started thinking, you know, you're kind of going, wait a minute now. I thought it was a reputable site I was dealing with. Mm. I thought I dealt with them before. Uh, they're not really responding very efficiently to my queries. So, of course, what's happening? There's so much demand now uh, on people that they're not able to give the after-sale service, whereas in the past you'd get an email saying, sorry about that, John, there's a bit of a hold-up. Mm-hmm. Now you have to go chasing them to find that out. That's number one. Number two, 
Yes, it was a reputable site, I have to say. And yes, I did eventually get the goods after how many weeks. But that begs and prompts the question that when I looked it up, I said, well, do I have any rights? It's within the EU. Do I have any rights? And if I don't get something within a certain period of time, can I do anything about that? Do you know what I mean? Can I mm. effectively say, well, look, tell you what this, you can't give it to me on time. I don't want it anymore, kind of thing. And the answer, of course, is that you can within EU law that if after 30 days you don't get it, that you can immediately cancel the contract and look for a refund. So, obviously, if it was time critical to you, of, co- of course, uh, for if it was clothing for a wedding or, or for a ceremony yeah. of, of some kind or, or, or other. But I'm just wondering that if you were to chase it up and look for your money back or, or look for some recompense yeah. or something, would yeah. it be worth it, John? Because it would probably well, be... Well, you said that's the really interesting question, Fran, because with a lot of things, I always remember way back when, when... You know, when you'd be doing a subscription for something, and this comes up quite frequently, somebody came on to me about the fact that they had placed an order for something or other. Uh, I don't, I can't remember what it was mm. now, but they placed the order and never cancelled it. So after a while, it was only, I was going to say it was only, but when you added up, it turned out to be quite a lot by the time he was finished with it. But it was this 199 coming into his card. Mm. Uh, which he kind of looked at and looked at and then didn't check his card and then after a year and then whatever. So the 199s, 199s kept coming. And it was something that he logged on to some website. Well, we traced it back, traced it back, not traced it, but traced it back because mm. you can trace it through your banks and that. Traced it back, found that it was something that he would have logged on to three years previously and uh, didn't realize he subscribed to this. And it was a... Uh, Oh, you know, put in your details and you can cancel it after your trial period. Never cancel it after the trial period. How many people are getting caught with that scenario? Oh, sure, I know, I know. Yeah, Yeah. and the other thing then, of course, is the question you asked, is that it's easy enough for me to say, well, as a matter of law, you're entitled to cancel and then whatever. But as you say, sometimes it's just not worth the effort. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, you'd like to go after them and get your money back and stuff, but, you know... Well, yeah, you're just happy to cancel it and that you don't have to move on. Absolutely. I want to get rid of these bits and bobs. Mm. The, other bit, the other bit and bob that came up with me recently, and it's another um, scenario involving online stuff, and it's the company registration office. They changed their system of, um, uh, in other way, if you have a company, people often forget how onerous it is to have companies because you have certain responsibilities as directors. And one of the responsibilities that you have as a director is you have to file what they call the B1, which is, you know, the way that everybody loves to use terms so that confuses everybody to know what they're talking about. But this is the annual uh, return that you've got to make every year. So every year you've got to make returns. And if you're a small company, you're not. You're exempted from putting in what they call audit accounts, meaning you don't have to go off and pay uh, a couple of bob to your accountant to actually do a full audit on the company because mm-hmm. it's under a certain threshold. So you file these what they call abridged accounts, or whatever. But of course, they changed the CRO system recently, and what happened and what has happened is that where people where they had it, you'd file your return electronically, so you'd fill out all your details on on the website. That was fine. And then you had to have this physical 
printing out of a document, have to sign it by the two directors and send that physical document, hard copy, I think the word, but hard copy document mm. to to an office in that loan or wherever, and they'd, they'd receive it. And it, once they received it, then technically you had done it. So it was in order to kind of back up the online, what you had done online. Yes. So you'd actually sent them all the details online, but this was the sign-off of it, and they sent it. So they changed the system, and you now can do this online, so you can now sign it online. So they bypassed this sending off the document. But, of course, what happened with this particular uh, scenario was that the client uploaded the documents, uh, was happy that that was done, downloaded the form, got the signed the form and the other director signed the form, sent off the form, thought no more of it. Mm. Uh, months passed. Sudden, suddenly, for one reason or another, somebody looked at the new system, the new CRO system, checked the company, no, nothing on the register at all, nothing at all, no forms, no, no, nothing lodged. On the old system, you could see that it was lodged, but you couldn't see it on the new system. Checked with the CRO, no, no, sorry, we never got your form. So therefore, tough, you, it's your job to make sure that we got it. And under those circumstances, you're now too late to file the paperwork. You're now in a situation where you have to pay a fine. And as well as paying the fine, you then have to um, make sure that you give in audit accounts next year. So wow. for, some, for something that would be fairly straightforward, you're now into this right. scenario. And, and, the only way and having the proof of something being sent from no, your, your computer, that's not no. enough. No, no, no. They Having didn't proof, receive it. Even, yeah, even proof that it was keeping a copy of the document signed wasn't enough. And basically the answer that came back, and it's your, it's, I was going to say this and very bad coming from a lawyer, but you're typically getting knotted into the legal system mm. and people mm. falling foul of the old adage that ignorance is no defence. Mm. The problem with it, of course, is that there's no discretion in the registrar to have companies there's no discretion by them to say, okay, look, we're happy you sent it. You said you sent it. We can see a copy of what you sent. So look, you're all right because we know you didn't, you did mm. not send mm. it. You know what I mean? Uh, in order, but the answer, of course, is there's no discretion. You have to apply to the local district court in order to extend the, the day to file the document, go to the expense of all of that, and, and in order to make sure that you don't have to file... Well, John, and, and, and I know it would be expensive, but would that not be up for challenge? I mean, I could see so many holes in that. Well, you could argue, and, you know, again, this comes back to your point about cost. Yeah, you know? of course. Yeah. Is you, it worth you it? Can't yeah. make, well, well, number one, you can't make an argument in the district court on constitutional law which is probably what it, what it comes in under, if you know what I mean, mm. and on fairness and constitutional fairness and the right or whatever and proof of postage and all that. I'm not sure that you make that point. But what you can do, you see, is you can go into the district court and by and large, the district court judge would be more than amenable to accepting that if you can prove that you sent it, that it's not your fault and that under those circumstances that he would mm. or she would extend the time. So it's really, it's the cost of that. But it's, but it is interesting, the point that you make, that in a lot of scenarios over the years, I often think when I, when I retire, I might take these cases every now and then just to stay challenged in yeah. the area of law. Mm. But, 
there's loads of stuff out there that you'd say to yeah. yourself. A, a, friend, mean, a friend of mine recently came up with the situation that he, he had been granted a PUP payment. After a period mm. of time, the department decided, whoops, we shouldn't have given you that payment. Mm. And then they mm. looked for their money back in, 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 in total. I mean, yeah. that, that doesn't seem... I mean, it was their decision. They got it yeah. wrong, you know? Well, this, I've had many, not many, but I've had a number of those scenarios with people. And But again, isn't it, isn't it interesting that you end up... I mean, somebody was talking to me about something the other day. I'm trying to remember what it was. It was to do with... An, yes, it, I mean, you're constantly, when you're looking at law and areas like that, you're constantly been exercised by, that's not right, mm. but there's a way around it. Uh, and if there is a way around it, you go for the way around because it's the cheaper option. Mm. And the example that you're given is a very good one because what you often end up doing there is somebody comes in to you, you do a letter to whoever it is, and they'll agree to an installment arrangement for over a period of time, mm. and the person says, oh, look to hell with it, I'll just do it and, and pay it, and yeah. that's it. Yeah. And, and that's your workaround. But there was another one where the, the question came up that and it's you know it's an interesting one but again it was it was a situation two scenarios one scenario was that the person involved in this situation was was in possession of plot of ground for a number of years against the interest of somebody else so what i mean by that is adverse possession so somebody had the back of your garden and fenced it off the last 20 years or whatever. And the law says that you're going to make an application by adverse possession. Mm. But the fellow who fenced off your, your lawn, let's, let's say me, I fenced off your lawn, plan, but we're still able to talk and we're still very friendly and whatever. Mm. And you say, I look to hell with this. You know, I'm not too bothered, but mm. uh, we're going to use it anyway. And look, you know, we're, we're buddies. And, you know, so, and I said to you, well, okay, friend, will you just do me a transfer there, please, of that plot of ground? And uh, you say, yeah, no problem at all. So that bypasses a whole load of arguments about mm. what is the situation about the past ground. Do you have to make an application, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. So you're you're often faced with that type of scenario. I mean, the other area that I was just trying to clear off my desk is the whole area of uh, right away and waiting, yes. because it turns out that there. And this is this is a, a, another example of what I'm talking about. Mm. It turns out that, for example, if you apply for a right away, and let's say you have a right away and you've used it for upwards of whatever period of time, and uh, you want to now register it with the property registration authority, there's a short form. By the way, just as a warning to anybody listening to me, in December, the first of December, 2021, this year, we are in a situation where the honeymoon period for rights away is, is now ended. We're now into a full marriage scenario and the reality of it is that you have to get your your, your agreement in place because if you don't register right away uh, within before the 1st of December, you're, you may potentially run into all sorts of technical issues. And I'll give you uh, one example. And one example is that the argument that when you apply for a right away, and let's say, just for the sake of argument, we go back to your garden for a mm. second. Let's say you have a plot of ground um, in the middle of the field, like a, a fort, fairy fort or something, yes. right? And you own this plot of ground now. But 
somebody else has a field between your house and the fairy port. Mm. But the fairy port's yours, if you know what I mean. Mm. How do you get to it? You know, how are you going to get to it over your neighbour's land? The only way you can get to it is you have to go over his land mm. to get to your fairy port, right? So the reality of that is that's a right, and you've no legal document. You've never signed an agreement with your neighbour or anything like that. Mm. So you'd be you'd be making the argument that's the right way by necessity. So in other words, the only way you can't fly into it. Mm. You know, well, maybe you could, but you know what I mean. Uh, if you're Superman or something, but you can't get into it without going over your neighbour's land. But that, so that's a right away by necessity, rather than a right away, uh, you know, by agreement with mm. your neighbour. Mm. You know what I mean? So the point that I'm making is, and this is very long-winded. Uh, the point that I'm making is that there are many different forms right away that you can get a necessity by easement, by agreement, by grant, etc., etc., etc. But the land registry has a practice that says, or has a yeah, practice that says you can only bank on one. So you can only go in with one application. Ah, you can't go right. in and argue, oh, it's by necessity. Oh, and by the way, it's by agreement. And oh, by the way, it's by grant. Mm. And oh, mm. by the way, you can only go, you must opt for one. And it's been highlighted, of course, that if it turns out that you you bank on one, no pun intended, and you go one way with it, and it turns out that the PRA, when they look at it, say, no, no, sorry, you haven't proved it. Then you're caught in a situation that if you go into court, which is your other option, because you see, if the, the property registration authority, like a lot, of, a lot of authorities, is just simply an administrative body, they're mm. only there for the paperwork. Mm. If the paperwork isn't right, they kick it into the court. If they kick it into the court, the question that arises is, that if you get into court and you say, oh, by the way, it's by necessity, then is the court going to say, well, wait a minute here, you made an application grounded on uh, agreement and you're now saying by, by necessity, you can't do that. You're not entitled to change your tune uh, just because you're coming before the court. So these are the, and you know, that's, from That's very point, interesting. So you're saying to me, even if you're denied one strand of access, you can't mm-hmm. revert back then and say, whoops, I got that one wrong, I want yeah. to go by... Yeah, yeah. Or, or go in with multiple arguments. You know, go in with the argument that I have the agreement to the neighbour, your neighbour, your, your, the agreement to the neighbour to go over his land, and you also, and sorry, you've, you've been going over his land for 12 years, so therefore you've acquired it by time, if you know what I mean. And it's by necessity. You can't do both, is, is the this point. Is very, very interesting, right. indeed. John, always a pleasure. Thank no you bother. so much. Thank you, Thank John. You. Bye bye to you now. That's the great John Lynch there from Lynch Solicitors. In Clonmel, 1800-938-007. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie